Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 21 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, we've got a very interesting episode, one I've been looking forward to for a while. We'll be covering almost like a beginner's guide to IDP fantasy. <laughs> it's going to help me as much as anyone else, uh, but we uh, do have some experience in the room with us. And I've been doing a lot of research, probably more than I've ever done for a startup draft, actually. So something very much looking forward to. We're on this episode with me, I have Chiggs. Hey, hey. How you doing, Chiggs? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Weather's nice. Yeah, sun's out oh, it's absolutely inside. amazing at the moment. Yeah. And uh, so, we've got our uh, IDP startup draft coming up in a, what, in a week and a half. So uh, getting to the business end. A weekend a day, <laughs> not even a week oh, and a half. Oh, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it'll be a, a week or less than a week by the time this comes out as well. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Mo couldn't attend, unfortunately. He's um, been bogged down with work and neither could Paul on this episode. Just want to give uh, thoughts with uh, Paul's wife, Andrea, who's just recovering from an operation. So Paul is spending time with her. So uh, hope you get well soon. And, um, you know, Paul, hope you're looking after the missus. Uh, so before we get into Beginner's Guide to IDP, just want to give a shout out to our partners, the DC Presidents. We have partnered up with them. We're doing some combined work on Twitter. Uh, I know the DC presidents are running a very cool competition on Twitter, which is the Britball Cup. So do check out DC presidents and the Britball Cup. It's a great way to learn about local American football teams across the UK, teams you may want to then go and watch. Always good to support uh, grassroots sports uh, or you know amateur level sports in the country. So I know I can't wait to watch the DC presidents and even some of the London teams, uh, but very exciting working with the DC presidents. So yes, do check them out on Facebook and uh, Twitter in particular. So right, Jigs, you are the expert in the room. I am the novice in the room. Uh, I've been doing as much reading and prep work as I can and just trying to learn the basics and you know, tr tr trying to learn what I need to do to prepare for next week. So I think between us, we've put together almost like a 10-step guide that we're going to be walking through. Uh, uh, quite quite intriguing when I look through all of it, I think, damn, there's actually a lot to consider here. And there is because it's, it's like a brave new world, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, th this is the beauty about IDP. So for those that have never played it, obviously we've touched on it before, but it's individual defensive players. So rather than having a team defense you know which scores in terms of points conceded and um you know um 
sacks and that kind of stuff. This is actually scoring on individual players. So there's a lot more, it's a lot more sort of a depth um, you need to go into. You, you know, you actually need to look at the individual players, the schemes, all that kind of stuff. So adds a really intriguing element to fantasy football. Um, and personally, I think it's definitely worth the time if you, you know, if you're really into the sport and you love fantasy football. This is definitely a a real sort of step up from the usual kind of stuff. Um, so highly recommend people getting involved. Hopefully this episode will kind of help you know, those sort of beginners um, and maybe get people sort of thinking about it and looking at starting um, IDP leagues. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was a little worried going straight into a dynasty before, but now I'm actually very excited and just hope the research pays off and I don't get situations like, Debo going down or Dalvin Cook holding out and these various things well, that I've got in my other... This other is the beauty about, um, about Dynasty, right? Like, even if you, like, totally balls it up, you know, in your start-up and, you know, you start taking defensive ends. Oh, say, say you take a cornerback in, in the first round, you know, whatever it is, and you, and you completely screw it up. You've got this team blood. You, you, you go into rebuild mode and, you know, you'll target competing in three, four years' time, you know? So you can always constantly be... Um, tweaking your team, making trades, looking at, you know, scouting new guys. So I wouldn't worry, like, too much. Just enjoy it. You know, start of drafts for me are always probably, aside from the trading, um, the most fun part of, of fantasy football. Um, just, you know, who you come out of the draft with. And, yeah, we said it before, but if there's a guy you really like and you want him on your team, reach for him and get him. Don't worry about what people say and, you know, make snide comments that you reach for him and, you know, be passed up and all the other stuff, get your guy because he's yeah. now on your team for life. Couldn't agree more. So let's let's go through our 10-step our guide then. First one we've outlined is to know your positions and the scoring settings. So this is almost like a real beginner level um, guide. But what we're saying is when it comes to IDB in, IDP in particular, there are three positions. You have your defensive ends or otherwise defensive linemen, your linebackers, and then your defensive back. So do you want to just start with defensive ends, Chiggs, and give the listeners an overview on that? Yeah, so essentially within defend, uh, defensive line, um, there's sort of two, two positions. You've got your defensive ends, which tend to be your sort of pass rushes, um, you know, edge rushes, your kind of... Um, Khalil Max, oh, it's a bit of a weird one in terms of his designation, but yeah, you Khalil Max and, and um, Josh yeah. Allen, you know, they, these kind of guys, um, the, that's the Jags, Josh Allen. Um, and then you've got your defensive uh, defensive lineman, which, um, say, Aaron Donald would be considered. Now, he's obviously an exceptional case, but it tends to be that the defensive ends are your higher point scoring players because they tend to be the ones that rack up the sacks. So depending on the league you're playing in, you may have just a defensive lineman position or it may split it out into defensive ends and um, defensive linemen. So that's one thing to be aware of. But yeah, you're basically your points are coming from the big splash plays, the sacks, and they, and they chip in with some tackles. But that's really where your defensive ends score. Okay. So next one up is linebacker. And I think anyone who's played IDP will always talk about linebackers, linebackers. And we will touch on this in more detail. 
But just give an overview on linebackers, if you can, Chicks. Yeah, so you, obviously your linebackers, uh, we've talked about it before, are your equivalent of your running backs. You know, they're the bread and butter of your team, and they get their points from tackles. So you want you know, guys that are on the field, um, three downs, and racking up loads of tackles. Now, obviously, we'll touch on it in terms of the scoring settings, but you know, depending on the way it's weighted, um, you probably, you'll probably get more value from high-volume tackle players rather than the big splash plays, um, you know, the sacks and stuff. So, you know, your Bobby Wagners, um, obviously previously Luke Keekleys, these kind of guys that are, you know, the heartbeat of their, their team on the defence, and they're just racking up points every week. And it's a good point because, um, I mean, you touched on it there, but Bobby Wagner, for example, and, and this is in the league I've set up, so scoring settings may not be as, you know, same as other leagues, but he got as many points as Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin was a fantasy monster, I think wide receiver two last year. So it's a very important point to look at when you're joining a new league, look at the points from last season, look at how defensive players scored in comparison to offensive players and judge that i think linebackers as you say are commonly amongst the highest point scorers just because they get so many tackles and tackling opportunities there cool and then the last one then is the defensive backs would you like to give an overview on defensive backs yeah so your cornerbacks and safeties uh your defensive backs and these guys are quite volatile you know they're they rely on you know, interceptions, maybe a few tackles, but if they don't get thrown to, then there's no chance to make those plays. So really, you kind of you have your big name elite corners, Jalen Ramsey's, um, you know, these kind of guys, and because they're so good, you'll find that the quarterbacks will tend to avoid throwing to their side of the field. So as great a player as Ramsey is. He probably doesn't score you a lot of points in in uh, IDP, so you've got to you know you've got to assess you know which which cornerbacks are going to get targeted, um, but can still make those plays. And the thing with these guys is you can churn them quite a lot. You know, there's there's always guys coming in and out. Um, you can find lots of people on the waiver wire. So. You know, there's a, there's a few guys. Um, safeties tend to be more productive um, because they get the tackles as well. Especially, you know, if you've got if you're playing like a strong safety, um, Keanu Neal's, Harrison Smith's, Eric Weddles. You know, they, these kind of guys. They've always been sort of good point scorers in in dynasty um, dynasty formats in IDP. But again, you don't really need to reach for these guys because you'll always find them on the waiver wire. Yeah, and even looking at the league I've set up, I think the high-scoring corner on here is Marlon Humphrey. And there's probably, what, about 30 at least players, 30, 35 players ahead of him in terms of points scored. And, and here's, here's the thing. Your point. Well, you also, when you look at how they repeat year on year, so your top linebackers and your top defensive, uh, defensive linemen will generally repeat you know, year on year. Um, Whereas if you look at the cornerback and safety position, by and large, someone might, you know, might have a great season, 
but will they repeat that for the next two or three years? You know, will they finish as a top? Will they finish as a top cornerback the next five years? It's unlikely. Yeah. So rather than do two and three separately, I think what we've just touched on goes nicely into point two and point three. So our second point was to collect linebackers. And this was a common theme I came across as I was researching on almost beginner's guides to IDP. Um, as you mentioned, they're rewarded for tackles. They get the occasional sack opportunity as well. If they tackle for loss, they get additional points there. And then point three that we had was actually devaluing your defensive backs. And all, all the way you've explained it on the first point in terms of how points are accumulated and scoring settings in the majority of IDP leagues, it all goes hand in hand then with the philosophy of collecting linebackers and and by devaluing DBs, it's saying you probably don't want to take them even in the first 10 rounds, really, unless there's points just so, so, so high for uh, things like interceptions, like disproportionately high, then you think, okay, for that opportunity, it's almost like getting a down-the-field speedster, like a Hollywood Brown sometimes. You think just if he could latch onto one, that's a 70-yard touchdown or something. And it's the same sort of concept with these DBs, I guess. Yeah, exactly that. You know, it's if they make a big splash play and they chip in with the points, you know, that that's great. But that's not going to be what wins you your, your match-up that week and ultimately wins you the, the ship, right? It's... You know, let's take Bobby Wagner as an example on, on the linebacker side. And if you look at his stats from last year, you know, he's racking up 18, 26, 17, 26, 16, 24, 18 points per game. You know, that's that's a good running back kind of numbers, you know. Um, so your, your top tier linebackers, that, that's, you know, your consistent level of points every week. Um you know, and also you also get points for assisted tackles as well. So generally, what you'll find is in most leagues, it will be say one point for the tackle, and maybe half a point if you you know if you've got the assist as well. Um, so it's a little bit more subjective there. But you know, this is this this is the guys you want to be targeting early on. You know, go and get some of these stud linebackers and build your defensive side of the team around them. And mm-hmm. Oh, God. I was just going to ask a question. Uh, do you have much of a view when it comes to free safety versus strong safety? Is there generally a differential between who gets more opportunity and more points amongst the two? Yeah, so I generally think the, the strong safety um, tends to be um, higher scoring just because the kind of the position that they play um, allows them to kind of they play close to the line of scrimmage, so they're more likely to rack up those tackles, uh, which give you the points. Whereas the free safety tends to um, tends to roam a bit, right? So they're probably more likely to get the interceptions, but that's where the volatility kind of comes into it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so your your strong safeties are probably the guys you're trying to target on on this in the defensive backside. Okay, and, and if you look at the top players on the safety side, most of them are strong safeties. If you look at the top, top ten, top twelve from last year, yeah, yeah I think the only exception was Buda Baker, just because he had so many tackles last year. But... Yeah, 
But you know, your Landon, Landon Collins, Harrison Smith. Um, yeah, Sean Williams as well. Jordan Poyer. You know, so the, these guys. You know, they're, they're obviously very top top tier players in terms of NFL, but from defensive backs, they're you know they're the kind of guys you want to target on the defensive back side of the ball if you can, rather than cornerbacks. Okay. I think we've covered uh, linebackers and DBs in fair amount of detail. So let's move on to point four. Arguably one of the, one of if not the most important thing that I've learned is to know the defensive scheme. And I'll just let you give a quick overview about the varying defensive schemes, if you don't mind, Jigs. Yeah, so you're going to have... Um, three four or four three defensive scheme so what that means is um, in a three four you'll be having uh, three defensive linemen with four linebackers and in a four three it's four defensive linemen with with three linebackers so in a three four defense you'll tend to have um sort of two defensive ends and a, and a nose tackle and you're you will have uh, four linebackers behind that. So you'll have your two outside linebackers and your two inside linebackers. So if your team is running a 3-4 scheme, you want to be picking up your inside linebackers. They're the ones that are going to be getting the tackles. And your outside linebackers in a 3-4 scheme, depending on the league, if, you, if you've got a high, um, a high splash play, so you know there's more value for sacks and stuff, your outside linebackers in a 3-4 in are going to be the ones that are getting those points. So again, this comes back to knowing the scoring settings in your league, but it tends to be your inside linebackers in a 3-4 in a is what you're targeting. Um, let's take uh, Von Miller as a good example. Um, top, top tier linebacker. He plays as an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme for the Broncos. So if you look at his points from last year, Relative to other 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 linebackers, you know he's probably scoring half um, of what Bobby Wagner's scoring, as, a, as an example. So I think what Bobby Wagner scored about three hundred points versus Von Miller about one sixty, I think. One sixty, yeah. So yeah. you know you're again. So you want to be targeting um, your inside linebackers in in a three four um, for sort of a more tackle heavy more tackle-heavy league. In a 4-3, it will be, you'll see the four defensive linemen and the three linebackers. And you want to be targeting your defensive ends in the 4-3 because they're going to be your sort of premier sort of pass rushers that will be scoring, um, they'll be getting your sacks. And then on your linebacker side of the ball, you, you basically have three positions. You'll have the Sam, the Mike, and the Will. So the Sam is basically your strong... Uh, your strong side linebacker and that tends to be um the, the player on the side of the ball where the, the offense has more one you know more players on that side uh maybe the tight end so you're not going to be getting as many tackles probably because it's more stacked on that side of the ball so your your sams your your slbs in you know when you see the designation they're your least valuable players in, in a 4-3 your weak side linebackers, on the other hand, are actually probably some of your most valuable because there's less players on that side of the ball. So actually, they're more responsible for, for getting, um, covering more ground and getting those tackles. So 
you'll find that the, the weak side linebackers will be your higher point scorers. And your Mikes, your middle linebackers, you know, your Bobby Wagners, your Luke Keekleys, they're, they're your sort of the heartbeat of your defense. Consistent point scorers, not really going to get very many sacks, but will like, get a lot of um, a lot of tackles, maybe some interceptions. So really, you want to be looking at your middle and weak, weak side in a 4-3 scheme and your inside linebackers in a 3-4. In a and, you know, it's very, be very careful about their designation. As I say, you know, um, Von Miller, Khalil Max, another one, where they, they're, they're linebackers in a 3-4 scheme. So, actually, they're playing more as kind of pass rushers. So, they're more valuable in uh, higher-value sack leagues, um, whereas less valuable in sort of racking up high tackles. Yeah, it's a good point on Khalil Mack. Uh, again, a player with huge name, you know, traded for two firsts uh, and then some. And he got 100 points less than somebody like a Bobby Wagner or a Jordan Hicks or a TJ Watt, for example, last year. So scheme is very, very important, even though he has the same position, an outside linebacker as a TJ Watt. It, the scheme there dictates how much opportunity he's going to get compared to other players of the same designation. Okay. Anything further to add on schemes there? Yes. The other, the other thing to be very uh, aware of is uh, defensive coordinators and you know, the schemes that they run. So just because a player might have scored big points last year in a, say, in a 4-3, New defensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator comes in and starts running a three-four. You will see, you know, their their stats change dramatically. So you, you know, you should really be aware of the schemes that teams are running, uh, the defensive coordinator, the schemes that they tend to run, and obviously the players that are at their disposal. It's a very important piece of it. Okay, excellent. Moving on to the next point, then. Number five, I think this is very important, particularly in our league and in other leagues where you're playing defensive and offensive players, it's learn to compare offensive via defensive values. I know we've touched on it with certain players like uh, Bobby Wagner, for example, where we said he scored just as many points as Chris Godwin, more points than somebody like a Dalvin Cook. It's, it's very interesting because many of the players that we're going to be competing with have reached out and asked if I know any sites where they have combined offensive and defensive rankings. Now, I don't. That's not to say it doesn't exist. It probably does. But I'm not sure I'd want to trust that because there are so many different scoring settings and nuances that can take play. Unless you're confident that your league plays only in what is constituted as the default offensive and defensive scoring, you probably don't want to rely too much on those combined ADP ranking or combined rankings or things like that. Uh, but I mean, as we've been doing here, I would say very much look at how the points were earned last year. Look at maybe first the top 24 players, see how many offensive v defensive players there were. Look at the next 24 players, next 36 players perhaps, and see if it was still say 80% offensive 20 defense, or was it more 70-30, was it 70-30 the other way? Uh, so I think it's very important to know how points are accumulated and then how offense with defense 
uh, matches up, I suppose. Uh, and from your experience, do you have any strategies when it comes first to a startup draft and secondly to a uh, rookie draft with IDP players? Yeah, so I tend to tend to wait on my defensive players for sure. Um, so I tend to employ sort of a tier a tier system generally when I'm um, generally on drafting. So you know I'll sort of break my guys up into uh, these are the sort of my top five linebackers, and then these are the next five, and so forth. And you know I'm, it's very rarely like I'm going to be reaching for like the first or second guy in that tier. So it's unlikely I would have taken Bobby Wagner or Luke Keek unless the value is too good. But as soon as they start going, that sort of then leads me to start saying, okay, I now have to keep an eye on to try and maybe get my guy in this top tier, even if it means reaching up maybe a round or two than I probably was more comfortable with, if I, if I really want to get a guy that I value in that tier. Um, so that's quite a useful strategy, just to have an idea of relative values of players within their position. You know, you probably do it a little bit on with wide receivers and running backs, right? If you say, you know, you're indifferent in the second round, whether you get Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, whoever it is, you, you, you're happy with one of those three or four guys. So you don't necessarily need to be the first one to take one. You'll kind of wait for the last one to kind of fall to you. So that's that's one thing in, in, in a startup. And I mean, you know, you should. You should definitely get do some um, mock drafts just to get a feel for okay when when is it that players start start going in various positions you know obviously each draft is going to be different but it just gives you a rough kind of guide to okay maybe maybe the seventh round is where maybe the first linebacker goes and then there's a run in the eighth and you know you would start seeing a bit of a sort of a, a trend the thing I'd say about rookie drafts is. As much as we value linebackers in, in IDP, you know, we call them the running backs of the of the defensive side, from experience, your stud linebackers will tend to go, and, and this is not in a superplex, this is I'm talking about a one QB league, will tend to go sort of middle to late first round. So if we took last year, Devin Bush and Devin White were the kind of the two standout rookie linebackers. And I think I picked up one of them, I think with the eighth pick of the first round in, okay. in a one QB league. So if you now extrapolate to Superflex, you're probably looking at back end to early uh, early second, which kind of gives you an indication of, okay, so if you don't end up with these stud linebackers in the draft in your startup, it's not going to be that hard to sort of, get the draft capital, you know, you can maybe trade away a few guys to get those late first, early second round picks for for next year's draft and pick up one of these stud rookies kind of coming in, you know? Whereas it's a lot harder to trade for the the one one or the one two to get a Joe Burrow or a Tua, you know? And I've got a question for you because I know it comes up uh when you look when you're drafting on offense and you kind of touched on it last week in the episode as well but do you look at position scarcity when you're drafting IDP players now I think you touched on Daniil Hunter last week as arguably the number one defensive end now Daniil Hunter was outscored by probably 15 to 20 linebackers uh, as we look at it on here in our settings but as you say linebackers seem to be 
much more plentiful to uh, you know to acquire so would you take somebody like a hunter above somebody like uh, i don't know chandler jones for example just because you think there's a scarcity how, how do you play scarcity into your strategy yeah that that's definitely a consideration as well so again it kind of comes back to your sort of tiering as well right and so you'll have your tier of your linebackers and stuff and as i say you know if you're, if you're happy with any one of those guys in in that top 10 there's a there's a lot more whereas you know you're probably going to be you're, you're accepting less points from your defensive ends but there's fewer top tier guys so it's just balancing, okay, well, wh- where do you sort of reach for a defensive end before you take that linebacker? And, that, yeah, that'll come down to personal preference. But definitely, you know, there will be a, an element of scarcity there for me. So if I still feel that, you know, there's four or five linebackers that I'm comfortable with, that I, I reckon I can get on the next round, I may step up and take a Daniel Hunter or a Joey Bosa at defensive yeah. end because then I've locked that position up. And I know that, okay, after maybe the top four or five guys, there's a real, you know, it starts dropping off. Um, so it very much is like tight end versus running back or wide receiver. Absolutely, exactly Where, that. Even though somebody like, as much as I dislike the guy, Mari Cooper may get more points than a George Kittle, uh, even in, you know, where there, there's no bonus for tight ends, you'd probably take Kittle just because of the scarcity of yeah. the position. Yeah, precisely that. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, after Amari Cooper goes, you can still pick up DJ Moore. Um, you know, <laughs> not in the ADP we looked at. DJ Moore was going like wide receiver five, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild. Yeah, but you know, you know, yeah. So there's well, the point stands. The point yeah. stands. Uh, okay, so I know we have touched on this, but very important, um, particularly some of the players you've mentioned. So number six. Don't get bought into name value of the players. And we've outlined a couple of examples. So you've got Buda Baker, for example, versus Jalen Ramsey, or Bobby Wagner, or Darius Leonard versus uh, Jalen Ramsey. A lot of these linebackers or free safeties may not be as well-known as some of the well-known cornerbacks. Someone like Jalen Ramsey was traded for two firsts, so it comes with a lot of name cachet. You mentioned Von Miller before. You know, it comes with a lot of name cachet. He's a Super Bowl MVP, but when it comes to fantasy, might not be as productive. I think previously we touched on somebody like J.J. Watt uh, has a lot of name cachet, but doesn't always get you those points, you know, as more susceptible to boom bust. And uh, so I think that's... The thing, the thing with J.J. Watt is back when J.J. Watt was fully healthy, you know, he was... He was your elite defensive end, you know, so he would have been at the top of that tree. Um, the problem is obviously the injuries and stuff now. Great player, but, you know, he sort of falls down. But I, I, yeah, definitely say, I think we touched on it on back in the last week's episode, but Von Miller and Khalil Mack, probably the two two guys that I always reference in, in IDP is name value, you know, top five at their position. You know, argue top, you know, elite, elite defensive players. But from an IDP perspective, aren't going to be scoring you um, tons of points. Another one, uh, Jadavian Clowney. Um, it depends on how he's designated. But if, he, if he's classed as a defensive end, you know, he'll score you 
great points, but if he, he's considered a, a linebacker in the system, you know, it's so you need to look at the position designation. And also the other thing to note is designations can change year on year as well. So just be careful with that. I have seen it where I've drafted a guy um, as a defensive end because that's how he was designated. And then the following season, he's now actually being classed as a linebacker. And obviously, I'm not going to play him in front of the other guys I have there. Um, you know, but again, you're talking about name value, yeah, like you say. And it kind of comes down to, okay, Jalen Ramsey, top, top tier corner, but unlikely he's going to get thrown to his side of the field. So actually, you probably want to be targeting the opposite corner on the Rams, you know, because it's more likely that they're going to get the looks on their side of the field and they can make those splash plays from, you know, from the cornerback. Yeah. Very good advice. It's all helping me out in advance of next week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. Okay. Number seven, uh, read up on your stats. Now, I've outlined a few things here. But, you know, you get things like tackles, tackles for loss, snap counts, and knowing how often your player's on the field, uh, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, but also tackles v. opportunity. Now, there is a lot of text out there when it comes to tackles v. opportunity. I know the Football Guys is a great source, and they have some great material on their website. But it's essentially how often the defense is on the field. Uh, looking at things like run v. pass opportunity uh, percentages, QB interception rates, <clears throat> Jameis Winston, um, you know, so <laughs> knowing how often a team is going to run versus how often they're going to pass. Now, the reason that's important is if they're more pass heavy, there's more likely that they're going to throw interceptions so that their defense is going to be on the field more. Also, I know we touched on it last week, but if a team's a bad team, they just can't score, they've got a bad quarterback, it means from a defensive side, it's probably not a bad thing because they're going to get opportunity to be on the field a lot more. Uh, anything else you'd like to lend when it comes to stats in particular, Jiggs? Yeah, so one of the things that's unique about IDP is stat crews as well. So, you know, these these are actually at the, uh, the home field. Uh, they'll have stat crews that actually record, you know, the number of tackles and sacks and stuff. And, you know, there's some research that's been done that can show you there's certain, certain teams or certain grounds that stat crews tend to be slightly more generous with their, with their scoring and stuff. So, you know, there's, there's some good material, I think, on the, the Football Guys website, as you say, about that. Um, just, just to keep an eye on, you know, it's just something interesting to sort of see that, OK, you might have a guy that racks up lots of tackles, but because it's not scored... Uh, that way, you know, a tackle may be given actually as an assist or, you know, things like this. So it's just, it's hard to sort of quantify without knowing it. So it's just about reading up and just being aware of it, I think, is more than anything. Um, so maybe it's a case of, okay, if you've got a choice between two players and you're indifferent, okay, maybe it's that sort of stat crew kind of, there's actually more favourable stat crew lends you to lean one way or another, you know? Yeah, and just looking at points from last year on the new league we're going to be playing in, it, it's it's no coincidence that Arizona have three players in the top nine, top ten here. Jordan Hicks, Buda Baker and Chandler Jones. And a couple of reasons for that, I suppose. One is that they play a very fast offense. 
you know, the uh, Cliff Kingsbury air raid system. So the offense isn't generally slow build, run the ball, uh, run down the clock kind of team. So the defense gets opportunity, but also the defense wasn't very great. So Kyler was thrown into more passing situations. That leads to more mistakes. That means the defense is back on the field more. But if they're back on the field more, that's opportunity. Now, the opposite is the case when you're looking at DSTs in most of your redraft leagues. You probably wouldn't want to get anywhere near the Cardinals with the amount of points and the shootouts that they were in. But looking at this, I think it's very telling that some of the players that are in the top 10, top 20 were from teams that struggled where the defense was on the field more and you know, had points racked up against them because the defense tied out. But time on the field means opportunity. So bear that in mind. Think about the teams you think that are going to struggle this year. Who are the linebackers on those teams in particular who could score you a lot of points? All, all valuable information. Right, so point eight that we've outlined Definitely the case in all fantasy leagues. I know this is fairly generic, but I've outlined know your league mates and always look for trade value. Now, for many people, IDP is maybe the first time you're playing it, but you'll you'll know the teammates or the league mates you're playing with. You'll know who's more active when it comes to trading. You'll know who's likes to sit on what they have and doesn't look to trade too much. But I think it's very important to either know in advance or start to learn about what the tendencies of your league mates are. Uh, because particularly in something like IDP, where they may you know, be desperate for linebacker, if you follow the strategy and you've collected loads of linebackers and somebody's on your bench quite often, but you could get great value either in an offensive player an elite defensive end, perhaps, or even rookie picks for next year, you could use that to your advantage. So it goes hand in hand with some of the things we were saying earlier, but definitely important to know your league mates and know the tendencies of those uh, players, just so you know how you can extrapolate trade value out of them. Anything you'd like to add to uh, knowing league mates, Chicks? Yeah, and, you know, I think I think it's, um, you know, whether it's IDP or, you know, regular um, dynasty sort of football, Exactly that, you know, it's just knowing how people sort of trade. And, you know, we, we talked about it, I think, on the um, when we did our rookie um, rookie draft and just kind of a bit of game theory about, you know, how your how your uh, opponents are going to sort of move and what they're going to target and looking at their teams and seeing what their needs are. And I think, you know, I think that holds on, on any league you play. And, you know, it's something you need, you know, you, as much as your players win you your championship, it's actually you're interacting with 12, um, 11 other, generally 11 other managers that are all competing to the same thing. So having an idea of what they're going to do will give you an edge. Yep, absolutely. That was fairly straightforward, but very important nonetheless. Uh, ninth one then is building depth and utilizing your roster size. Reason I've outlined this is I think common mistake many players getting into IDP for the first time may still end up prioritizing offensive players far more than defense. And I think in IDP, you've got to remember, defensive players are the ones who are going to be in physical contact the most. You know, they're making the tackles. They're 
getting themselves in those situations where injuries could occur. And we've seen big injuries over the last few years to defensive players. I mean, Al Thomas was a you know very memorable recently uh, <clears throat> where he was on the franchise tag. Uh, and I think particularly where it comes to linebackers, it's worth building depth and using your roster size for those players because they're more susceptible to injury. Even with um, the defensive linemen, they're going to be engaging on every snap, whether it's a run play, whether it's a pass play, whether it's play action. They're going to be engaging with equally big men on the offensive line, um, the, the tackles, the guards, etc. So um, the center. So, yeah, I, I've just said don't focus too much on building depth just on offense. Try and have a good balance and utilize the roster size. I don't know what's common. I know in our league we're going to have 40 players, which is, I think, 15 starters and 25 bench, or maybe it's 45. I need to confirm. But I'm going to try and have quite a balanced roster where I can fill defense, uh, sorry, injury needs for offense, but also injury needs on defense. Do you have a view either way on that? Would you tend to lean one way over the other, perhaps? It's a tricky one because. Generally, I'd say your offensive players are still more valuable, given that you know your first however many rounds are going to be offensive players, especially in a super flex as well. So I think you're always going to have trade value from your guys. You know, if you if you if your linebacker or your um, your defensive end sort of goes down, you can always probably trade for these kind of guys. But again, you don't want to leave yourself too short because obviously you've got bye weeks. Injuries, you know, and we, we see that um, injuries tend to be a bit more common um, on the defensive side of, you know, players just, you, know, you tend to have deeper, um, deeper rosters on your, on your defensive side. But at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice, you know, you don't want to take up two thirds of your roster with defensive players, which then leaves you short of that sort of, that talent on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, it'll come down to personal preference and how much you like to trade and how much you mine the waiver wire and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, to be fair, I've never done a Superflex Titan premium IDP. So it's very, it's <laughs> going to be very difficult for me to sort of say, well, this is the optimum roster construction in terms of number of positions of, you know, you should have. But, you know, ultimately, you know, you're going to start building from your, from your quarterbacks, right? And, Ideally, you want three quarterbacks, but we know that some people are going to take more, Paul, um, and some people are going to probably end up with less. And the good thing about having a superflex is you can play other players in that position. You know, I think same thing. You you want to load up on on your linebackers, you know, build around that. So I'd say you probably want at least five to to seven linebackers, probably. Again, a mixture of youth and veterans you know three or four defensive ends and then four or five defensive backs but again you can kind of churn them on the waiver wire so you know again depending on how many rookies you want to sort of hold and stuff and hope they develop yeah here's a question then do do you handcuff when it comes to defensive players i know you referred to linebackers as the running backs of defense running backs are quite commonly handcuffed um in dynasty and in 
redraft or keeper leagues. Does the same principle apply when it comes to particularly linebackers? It depends on the depends on the player, depends on the team. I'd say it's less likely than um, than handcuffing a running back because generally, when a running back goes down, you know who the next guy up is going to be. And if you say you take um, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, right? You basically know if Zeke goes down, you've got a, a great running running team. You, you plug and play Pollard in there; he's going to be productive. On the defensive side of the ball, it's not as easy to sort of say say Luke Keekley goes down. You're not just going to plug someone else into that sort of middle linebacker role from you know and say, well, he's just going to produce Luke Keekley's numbers, you know. So. I'd say yeah, it's less prevalent, but you know, if if there is a very strong uh, core of linebackers, you know, there's a good player sitting behind someone that can kind of step in and fill if someone gets goes down. Then, then I would do it, but I wouldn't actively look to target handcuffs. Okay, that's interesting stuff. And then finally, last but not least, number ten, perform some mock drafts and build your personal combined ranking slash tiers i know you touched on it earlier i can't emphasize enough the importance of mock drafts whether it's idp whether it's redraft whether it's dynasty try and get a feel for who's going to land to you in the positions but i think the most important part of this is i know i mentioned earlier there aren't combined rankings out there as such but this is where i would encourage players and i'm going to look to do the same in the next week as well look at points from last year, look at scoring settings, um, have a read of defensive schemes, start building your own personalized rankings and actually tier them. And we mentioned earlier, defensive ends may not get as many points as linebackers, but someone like a Daniil Hunter, who's young and effective in that role, where there's scarcity of high production, you you might want to put him in a higher tier than uh, a linebacker somewhere else you know who may get more points over the year so um i i think this is very important performing mock drafts is always important in fantasy uh what are your experiences of mock drafts or tiering rank players when it comes to idp and offensive players definitely um mock drafting is is key and one of the other things is you know if you look at the amount of literature and, and also you know most of us play in a lot of um leagues right on just regular offensive leagues, whether it's dynasty, redraft, keeper. So you generally know like where players are going. Um, whereas in the IDP, especially a lot of us are, are new to it or you know playing less leagues. You know, so you haven't got that same volume of of data. You know, in terms of the number of startups you've been involved in. So the only way to collect that is by doing mocks. And obviously, yeah, like I said, you know, each draft is different, and you know, you're not going to get. You're not going to say, well, okay, this guy went in a mock draft in the fifth round, therefore it's always going to happen. But it just gives you an idea. A better, you know, The more information you go into your draft armed with, the more beneficial it is for you. So if you've got the time to sort of spend, you know, even if you're just doing maybe the first 10 or 12 rounds, you know, just to kind of just see where, where, where do the linebackers go? When, when is there a run on defensive ends? When's the first sort of safety start going? And you know, does that cause other managers to start panicking? It's, um, yeah, it's just very useful. 
All right, excellent. Um, so thanks for that, Tiggs. Certainly been very insightful and a learning experience for me. Um, as I said, I don't think I've ever researched as much as I have um, for this league, for any other startup or even rookie draft. Um, so I hope that was helpful. Uh, we will be touching more on IDP in future episodes, particularly once the season starts. We're talking about points racked up, how that compares to offensive players. But for now, uh, that'll be me signing out and Chiggs. See you, folks, and uh, good luck. And hopefully the episode will uh, help you in your drafts. Absolutely. Take care. See you.